I thought I was getting murdered last night. <gasps> what happened? In the middle of the night, I'm finally asleep. You know how, how hard that is for yeah. me. The middle of the night, out of the clear blue sky, Fiona starts barking like a banshee <laughs> at nothing. Oh, my God. The first time she's ever done that. She's not a barker. <laughs> I leapt up. I was like, what the? What? And she was just like, oh, nothing. She was dreaming so hard. She oh. woke herself up, started barking at nothing, thinking I'm being murdered. No, you're not being murdered, girl. You're haunted. You just found out your house is haunted. Well, here we go. <laughs> Happy to be here. Hi, Julian Benzavalli. Patrick Hines. You guys, if you want more GP and me shenanigans, join us on the Patreon. Every month you get four full ad-free bonus episodes, you guys. Yeah. One a week. It's like you get the free one and then you get the Patreon one every single week. And then like every two weeks you get another extra. It's like an after party. Yeah. We're doing, an, you're asking us questions. We're giving advice. Yeah. We're just hanging out. You guys, we are covering so many things on the Patreon. Right now we're finishing up the Gacy doc. We did All Be Gone in the Dark, Night Stalker, The Vow. Heaven's Gate, Don't F with Cats, Tiger King, The Jinx. Yeah, Lorena, the Menendez murders, Lacey Peterson, the staircase, all 20 episodes of Making a Murderer. I mean, tw- 20. It's not a joke. We're They're all there we for you. Like, this, this is never going to end. It really felt like it was never going to end, but it's all there like this minute, and you get all of those things right now. Yeah, right now, ad free. Also, you guys, join the Facebook group. It's the True Crime Obsessed Podcast Discussion Group. We are this close to having 40,000 people in the group. I know. Let's get us there, you guys. Get us to 40,000. Join the group. We're going to take you. By the time this comes out, I yeah. want. 40 grand. Yeah, 40 grand. In there. <laughs> $40,000 $40, worth of people. You know what? Because people are amazing. 40 grand. But why can't you call people a grand? Tell me one thing that made you smile this week. Uh, That we're going to hang out with Rabia and Susan Simpson in D.C. Yeah. very, very soon. You guys, September 17th, if you if you have tickets to the D.C. live show, it is sold out. If you have tickets, they have been honored. We were supposed to do this like a year ago. It's happening now. I'm afraid everyone forgot, so please don't make us play to set a Set alarms. Please yeah. set all the alarms. <laughs> Write notes for yourself on the front door. That really helps for me. Totally. On the refrigerator, like on the handle when you're gonna, and you're like, yes, oh my god, in yes. the sh- I've left notes for myself in the shower. Whatever you gotta do, we wanna see you September 17th. Let's you go. guys, we are covering the case against Adnan Sayed. We've been going over it again, getting ready. It's gonna be bananas. Yeah, there are things, it, uh, you know what? Just come. I'm not just gonna go. tell you. I'm not gonna ruin it now. Just show up. <laughs> Girl, what are we talking about today? We are talking about Escape to Alcatraz. It's a it's a 2020 special on Hulu. Oh, you guys, it's Escape to Alcatraz. Yes. This is not, we gotta find a documentary about the escaping from Alcatraz. We should yes. do that eventually. Art from Maura Murray was there. Oh, you're right. Art Roderick was like one of the U.S. Marshals that worked on that case. This is not the case recovering though. You no, guys. no, no, something no, different. No. So I also I did my research here. Yeah. Okay, because um, I did my research about the correct way to refer to indigenous peoples oh, of the United good. States. Oh, because they say Indians, they say Native Americans. Right. So. What I've learned is that it really depends on who you're speaking to, right? So most of the time, Native people refer to be called by their specific tribal name or their tribe. And so sometimes people are okay with American Indian. Sometimes people are okay with Native American. Other times they're not. It depends on what they prefer. Got it. So like that said, the terms Native American and American Indian are both used in this documentary by indigenous people themselves. So if Lenata Warjack says it's okay, then I'm going to say what Lenata says because she's (laughs) awesome. So that's what my research says. I mean, we're trying to do it right. Yeah. Right? Perfect. Okay, God. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. American Indians unexpectedly stormed ashore on Alcatraz. They had slipped by the Coast Guard patrol and onto the island sometime during the night. Declared the island Indian territory. For more than 100 years, Alcatraz Island in San Francisco Bay served as a prison. In 1969, it freed a movement. The choice now lies with the leaders of the American government. To use violence upon us as before, to remove us from our great spirit's land, or to institute a real change in its dealings with the American Indians. Led by young people. We were just uh, frustrated and upset about what had happened to our people. And told to a nation on the nightly news. The island was a prison, but now uh, it's an Indian reservation. When American Indians escaped to Alcatraz. 
All right, you guys, it opens. We we get on-screen text that says, for more than 100 years, Alcatraz Island in San Francisco Bay had served as a prison. In 1969, it freed a movement led by young people, and it was told to the nation on the nightly news. That's how we get a lot of this documentary. <laughs> for better or worse, <laughs> it's a lot of- I was mad about it. Old-timey, old-timey, <laughs> 70s. It feels, like, it feels like forever ago. It feels like the 1400s. But- it feels like the news broadcast. There are moments that I made notes, and I'm like, the audio is so bad, I can't listen to this. I can't understand them. I can't. They're talking so fast. Were they all on cocaine? Well, it was 1969, not the 70s. So we haven't hit coke yet necessarily in in the zeitgeist. Have, Have you seen that meme that's going around that says, I was invited to a party that starts at 830 in the evening. Did you make Sorry, it? Sorry, Karen, we're not all on cocaine. <laughs> Did you make that meme? Are you just promoting people, your own I, meme? I get tagged in that shit all the time. All day, every 8 day. 8.30, what are you people, crazy? You're in bed by 8. But you know what, though? We do get all of this, like, old-timey footage of San Francisco in 1969. In 1969, the San Francisco Bay Area was still reeling from a turbulent decade of violence, racism, and the fallout of the summer of love. Those hippies were fucking hammered all the time. All the time. There's a lady shaking her arms and her head in the middle of the street at like noon. Yeah. Hammered. Yeah. Whatever the drug version of hammered is, that's what she was. Yeah. I say hammered. Hammered is interchangeable to me. What's fun about being on LSD at noon is my question. I don't know. I'm too scared to do anything like that. Me too. I don't like anything where it's like, oh, you just need a babysitter. Don't (laughs) babysit me when I'm trying to have a good time. This has come up before and you've gotten equally as mad. Don't count my drinks, number one. Mind your own business. Yeah. It's absolutely free of cost. Don't babysit me. Oh, LSD is great, but you need to have a babysitter. I most certainly do not. (laughs) Babysit yourself. Mind your own business. I most certainly. You're not trying to babysit her, are you? That's not going to go good. (laughs) Let her do her LSD by herself. She wants to have fun alone. (laughs) (laughs) No, I want to have fun with you, but don't like babysit me. (laughs) Now we're meeting sort of our like our main storyteller here. Her name is Lenada Warjack, PhD. Yeah. Thank you very much. (laughs) Lenada Warjack, PhD. Warjack. And that's two words, you guys. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's her tribal name. So her lower third says the Alcatraz occupation leader. We were living in a state of poverty on the reservation. And with the racism and discrimination in the bordering towns, it was very difficult for us to get any employment. And at that time, the government was sending a lot of my generation into the cities because they wanted to do away with the Indian problem. They wanted to do away with what Lenata calls the Indian problem. And she kind of laughs about it. But, like, she was forced to grow up in poverty, basically. I know this is going to sound so fucking naive. I cannot get over the fact that they were here fucking first. And we just we just came and took everything. It's really... And pushed them onto reservation. Like, there's so much in this. I, literally, I made a note at one point. Can somebody please explain racism to me again? <laughs> I know that it fully exists and, like, we, we witness it every single day. But I don't understand it. Yeah. Oh, just wait till I ruin Thanksgiving for you later. Oh, great. <laughs> just hold tight. I love Thanksgiving. Not anymore, you don't. Not after this. You can like gathering yeah. and being with friends sure. and family, but you can't like Thanksgiving anymore. Okay. okay. Just, we'll get there. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I need a t-shirt that says, Jillian Pensavale says Thanksgiving is canceled. I'm not, no, no, I wipe her. No, 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 okay. don't. <laughs> she super does not want that t-shirt. I will rally behind the cause, but I can't take credit for yeah. it. That's okay. worse. We oh already took the land. I can't we, take the credit. We are really treading. We got to tread lightly here, girl. <laughs> tread lightly. We also, this is where Lenata tells us that she she left looking for work. And we get this music that I can only assume is called like royalty free, cool 60s Berkeley jam. <laughs> I'm like, this is an ABC joint, right? Like they have money. <laughs> music what? licensing is real weird. It's like, what is happening? I know. I got it. Look, I, I'll give you guys a quick rundown. Like it's really hard to get a license to use actual real music. It's impossible. It's really, yeah, like it's very, very hard. And if you can even get one, it's like more expensive than anyone can afford. So when you're using like that kind of music that they use for, yeah, and there's all these different sites, but then you start to hear every podcast, like the theme music that we use for Strange and Unexplained, I hear for underscoring all the time. Sure. The theme music that we use for Obsessed with Disappeared is the theme song for the Planet Fitness Gyms. (laughs) So Lenata gets accepted to the University of California at Berkeley. And, you know, like right away, I mean, like they spend a lot of time on this but like the heart of it is she really wants there to be a discipline in studying like Native American studies. Yeah and she says that she's the first Native American at UC Berkeley which is fucking amazing right? And she was accepted like on a probational fucking basis. This made me crazy. I I was the first Native American at Cal. 
I made my application and I got in under the uh, Economic Opportunity Program. And of course I was on probation my first quarter there at Berkeley. She was accepted under the Economic Opportunity Program. Like, you put her in this situation, government, but then you right. have to make her work. And she's like, well, you know, I was on probation for the first semester, so I could prove I was doing the work. Because they're li- they're literally saying, you're probably not smart enough to get in here, but we need to do, we need you for numbers. So yeah. if, if you don't, like, make the grade, we're going to kick you out. She's like, fuck you. Of course you made the grade. Yeah, and it's like, did you admit her or not? Yeah, like, right, ugh. exactly. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So then she kicked ass, and she's yeah. like, you know what? Just because I'm the first Native, I'm, I'm inviting more Natives. Let's yes. go. Let's go. Yeah. She joins the Third World Liberation Front. They demanded a Third World Department of Ethnic Studies at colleges, like, all through California. So when they when they established this department at the University of California at Berkeley, it goes statewide. Yeah. So it's in the yeah. entire system. So, like, they created one, like, area of study at this one school, but then all the other schools did it, too. It's amazing. Yeah, and they got it through, like, strikes and protests and yeah. 150 arrests. She became a leader of the Third World Strike, representing Native Americans. Strikers clashed with police and protests that ultimately led to the creation of ethnic studies programs, but not before 150 students were arrested and 36 were suspended. They talk about all these arrests of the people that were made in these protests. I was like, I thought Berkeley loved their protests. I know. I thought that was the thing they were the most proud of. Why are you breaking that up, Berkeley? You know what, Berkeley? I know. <laughs> Enough out of you right now, okay? So she's connecting with all these other indigenous students, and one of them is a guy named Richard Oakes and they they describe him as persuasive and charismatic and I was like and also hot yeah why is nobody saying hot that's what I'm here for that's part of the charismatic yeah. part I think <laughs> this guy Richard Oakes is very sexy he's very good looking yeah he's a member of the Mohawk Nation yeah. everyone knew him on campus as like an organizer of the groups and I'm exactly. like so is Lenada but that's why Lenada and Richard Oakes kind of got together in this in this like let's change the world movement well and speaking of so Oakes and Warjack where's that movie by the way know, Oakes, Oakes and, and Warjack, Warjack. <laughs> fuck yeah or that whiskey. Ooh. You know. Oh. <laughs> Only if it's made by indigenous. I'm not I'm totally. not sending it to some white dude to on Long his, Island. Yeah. No. <laughs> this is where we learn that Lineda and Richard Oaks, they become part of the plan to create a new nation in the middle of the San Francisco Bay. This is what we're here for, you guys. Right. A little bit of a history lesson if I may. I thought this was so fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Native Americans that once lived along the shores of the bay once harvested eggs from a rocky island in the middle. Alcatraz first became a federal penitentiary in 1934 and closed its doors for good to inmates in 1962, creating surplus federal property. And now there's what's called a surplus of federal property. Like, it was a prison, now it's not, now it's vacant. What do we do with the land? this is really important, what we learn here, because we learn there was a treaty that America had with the indigenous people that required any surplus of land to be turned back to the indigenous people. Right, and this was in 1868. It's the Treaty of Fort Laramie, right? So this this happened in 1868 in writing yes you know signatures whatever so back in 1962 it closes by 1964 like Sioux Indians are returning to the island saying like hi like yeah. let's make good it's been two years make good on the treaty and they, I mean this is legal that land legally should belong to them like there is like that it is law and, right. and you know we're gonna hear Lineda say over and over and over again the reason we're fighting is because we never got what was rightfully ours and now we have to fight for it yeah so what happens is a, a small group landed on the island offering to buy Alcatraz for 47 cents an acre or $9.40 for the entire island. For 47 cents an acre or $9.40, which I thought was so fucking awesome. Right. The Sioux are like, yeah, hi, this is ours. Yeah. We'll do you a solid. We'll, we'll give you a 10. You know what? Keep the change. Keep the change, you assholes. This is ours. We'll be on our way now. Bye. Yeah. And Lenata tells us, like, no one took them seriously because the Sioux came dressed as the Sioux. Yeah. And everyone sort of were like, oh, look at these, like, wacky Indians or whatever these horrible newspaper headlines said. Yeah. And they, they so they literally did it. They literally went out to Alcatraz. And they left after a couple of hours. They were sort of like, we're going to be arrested. Let's just get out of here. So by 1969, things were a little different in the Bay Area. Yeah. You guys, in case you haven't heard, it was tumultuous. Everyone was hammered on whatever. Right. And they were also like, as much as they were dancing and having fun barefoot and naked in the street, yeah. they were also like looking to fight because everything was terrible in 1969. Right. And so that year, San Francisco was going to turn over the island of Alcatraz to a developer. Can you imagine like, like the condos at Alcatraz? Can, <laughs> just take a quick ferry. Oh, the view is divine. The condos, the condos at Alcatraz. At Alcatraz. 
<laughs> with the revolving door and it's totally. all glass. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, the view would have been amazing. Not the right thing to do with it, but the view would have been amazing. But also like the former prison, like I that know. shit's haunted. But like how cool, I mean like I'm glad they didn't do it. I don't want them to do it, but now I kind of want to buy a, one of the condos at Alcatraz. <laughs> In the sky. <laughs> totally. And so Lynette is like- To us, that was not acknowledging that we had claim under the federal surplus property provision. We thought it was a slap in the face to us and another broken treaty right in front of us. This is yet another broken treaty that we have yeah. to deal with the developer, the condos at Alcatraz now? Right. Like, for the low, low price of a million dollars a pop? Like, come on. Right, so that guy, Richard Oakes, he rallies the region's Native Americans to take a stand, and they decide they're gonna take Alcatraz yet again. And then this is where, so like, we see Richard Oakes and like, the people that he's going with to Alcatraz, they're like, standing at the docks, basically like, thumbing a ride on a boat. The audio of this news reporter reporting on it is so bad I had to take my headphones. I was like, I don't know what they're saying here. This audio was so bad I can't listen to it, Jillian. I'll do it. So we meet Jerry Jensen, or as I have in my notes, reporter and stereotype. The quiet air was shattered suddenly with the rhythmic beat of Indian tom-toms as nearly 300 American Indians gathered to uh, claim what they felt was rightfully theirs, the island of Alcatraz. The amount of racist shit we hear from these people. From this guy, it's the fucking worst. But I was just trying to, I was trying to give you guys the bad audio quality. I got it. I got it. Did I nail it? Matt's going to be like, Matt is going to call me in two days. Jillian, I'm so sorry. We need to do a pickup with the... With Jerry Jensen, Um, mm -hmm. reporter and stereotype. Do you Mm -hmm. have five minutes to just hop on and do a quick pickup? (laughs) I do now, Matt. uh, This is where I have again in my notes, oh my God, Richard Oaks is so hot. Right, so Richard Oaks is like... Enough Jerry Jensen, yeah. reporter and stereotype. He's he's the one, he's trying to find ways to get on the island. Richard Oaks plotted with a local businessman on what would be the first of multiple attempts to seize Alcatraz for their own. They secured passage to the island aboard the three-masted Monte Cristo. They get on a fucking pirate ship. He's like, how about we just sail on the Monte Cristo? Is everyone okay guys, with that? You guys have all seen Goonies, right? You yeah. know that ship, at the, like the pirate ship at the very end yes, that sails that's across? That's, that's that. Yeah. I mean, it is a three-masted, it looks like they're going to make you walk the plank in it. I was like, they're getting on a fucking pirate ship. Right, right, There wasn't a fisherman that could take you guys. You're at Fisherman's Wharf. I know. That's what it's called. You guys didn't have like a speedboat, a rowboat. There wasn't like, a hippie that had like I know. a kayak They get or on a fucking pirate ship. But then they have this idea, why don't we just jump out and swim? Lenada <laughs> today is like... When we were going around the island, Richard and a couple other guys jumped off the boat and tried to swim to the island. Of course, that was really dangerous for them because they weren't that uh, physically fit to do that kind of swimming. They were not that physically fit to do that kind of swimming. Lynette is here to drag them right now. And like, I gotta tell you, hearing the story of them getting on the pirate ship and then as we're getting close to Alcatraz, they were were jumping off. I literally was like, this sounds like a St. Olaf story that Rose would tell. (laughs) And then we, okay, Rose. Okay. Didn't they tell the prisoners in Alcatraz not to try to make a break for it to the mainland because of the sharks? And also, it's just very choppy, rough water and it's freezing. And so what Lynette was saying is like, no, one is fit to make that swim, no. but it sounded a little shady, and sharks, I appreciate it. guys, sharks. You know, a, a, an interesting tidbit about Alcatraz is that it was the, one of the only prisons where they would let the prisoners, or they would make the prisoners, shower with actual warm, hot water, because they didn't want the prisoners getting used to cold water, so that they, it would like, make them more enabled to swim off the island to freedom. We have so much work to do with our justice system, that they're know. like, you know, know why we'll give them a decent shower? <laughs> so that they don't escape in the shark-ridden mm-hmm. waters. And the sharks. Thank sharks you. have, for for sure gotten a bum rap. I will say sharks have gotten a bum. It's not All their they're fault. doing is being sharks. Sharks are going to shark Like you guys. they didn't ju- they just are sharks. Like the hammerhead didn't choose to look like that. It just does and now it's a fucking sh- like stay out of their yeah. way. Yeah. Don't babysit me on LSD and no. let the sharks just exist. <laughs> so after the guys have jumped off the boat, the coast guard stops the boat and the media like they don't actually make it to Alcatraz and the media chalks the whole thing up to a publicity stunt. You going to talk about your friend again? This is again his words, not mine, okay? Yeah. This is yeah. so horrible. So the great invasion of Alcatraz ended the final score five wet Indians and the island securely in the hands of the white man at least for the time being 
and the island securely in the hands of the white man, at least for the time being. Unbelievable. I don't. Unbelievable. I'm I should be canceled for saying those words, right? They're his words, but I repeated them. Yeah, yeah. That's horrible. We can't let that stand. Oh, my God. Uh, so, Lineda is not taking this lying down, right? Like, again, they've their efforts to, like, retake Alcatraz has been thwarted. She gathers up a bunch of local indigenous people. She's like, we are going to Alcatraz, and we're taking the fucking island. And she, like, leaves word for Richard Oakes and his, and his friends to meet at Fisherman's Wharf. Yeah. Where they had just taken off from in the pirate ship. So mm-hmm. she goes down there. Richard and his friends aren't there. They get like in an actual like fisherman's boat who's right. like, sure, I'll take you guys over there. <laughs> and she's like, as soon as we got into the clear water, as soon as we made it past the docks and everything, I looked back and I could see outlines of legs running on the docks. And I said, oh, it's them. Can you go back and pick them up? <laughs> no, wait for me. Wait. <laughs> we're soaking wait. wet, but we're coming. It's free. Wait, hold on. <laughs> So she says to the fisherman, oh, "Oh, can we go back for those fools? And they do. So then these people spend the night on the island, right? And Lenita tells us the story that, like, the cops sent helicopters and searchlights and they couldn't find them anywhere. Which is so weird because they couldn't actually get into the buildings or anything. So where were they hiding? (laughs) Like, Alcatraz isn't that big. No, it's not. Especially from the air. You know what I mean? searchlights and helicopters, like. Also, like, can everyone calm down? I don't think they're there to set the place on fire. And this is what we're going to hear for the next hour. Yeah, like, can you just let, it's their land anyway. Yeah, exactly. Get your searchlights off their land. They offered you a nice $9.40 for that, $9.40. They shouldn't be paying for their own shit back. How how could it be that hard? That place is the size of a Dunkin' Donuts. (laughs) But does it smell as good? No. Never, nothing could. No. So Richard Oakes is on TV, and he's like, We feel that the so-called Alcatraz Island is more than suitable for an Indian reservation, as determined by the white man's own standards. It is isolated from modern facilities and without adequate means of transportation. There is no industry, and so unemployment is very great. The population has always been held as prisoners and kept dependent upon others. This is how the white man wants us, right? He's just, like, dragging Alcatraz, but saying, like, what is your problem? And, and the other thing, too, is he's like, of course we can live here. Inmates lived here for, you know, 80 years or whatever it was. Like, people actually can live out there. Yeah, and you treat us like second-class citizens like you treated them. So, like, right. this is how you want us. Like, totally. shut up and just let us have the island. Like, exactly. why are you, like, mind your business? I know. And he's right. And these people are, the thing, the, the sense you get from everybody we meet, well, almost everybody we meet, mm. is that they're very nice. Like, these, yeah. these indigenous people like they don't want to have a fight they do want to be left alone they just want to go like take their land back and like have their families like everyone leave them alone and they want to like if you want to have a conversation we'll have a conversation they're not trying to be violent we'll get into that too and now it's november 20th 1969 10 days have passed since that first like insurrection or whatever and now in the middle of the night a group of like men women and children indigenous people head back to alcatraz and they spend the night having like their fun they they do their like their ceremonies and they have their fires and they're dancing and like they're enjoying themselves yeah it's like really beautiful to see their ceremonies and they started they came with 78 people the first night yeah and by the second day they had 20 more people and these people are bringing supplies and kids and sleeping bags and food and like community breakfast was being prepared and we hear a reporter again you're seeing something that should be very interesting to the american people because not only did we steal these people's land but it's like a way that we don't live and it's like you should be interested in it and want to learn about them but instead we hear the reporter the community breakfast was being prepared at the camp fire the frying the slicing finally the eating and newsmen were invited the frying the slicing (laughs) and finally the eating and i'm like that these people are having like a beautiful community and finally the eating like that's the best you could come up with i know but you know the best i can come up with the caretaker's wife look you guys we meet the apparently the caretaker of alcatraz still lives there and his wife who doesn't get a name they just call her mrs john hart no she's mary hart well eventually we get her name but in this moment her lower third on the news mrs john hart and i was like number one if you're listening to our coverage of Gacy on the Patreon, you can't tell me she's not Carol. Oh my God. She's just a nicer version of Carol because she's like, well, it's real nice to have all this excitement here. I was just saying that uh, we didn't have this much excitement when the convicts were here, but uh, it looks like we're going to have the boys for a while or these young people and they're sincere in their beliefs. I do think that they should have a cultural center where they can uh, do their thing. I think they should have 
that, what do they call it, a cultural center where, you know, they can do their thing and you God love them. I just really hope it works out. I feel like Mrs. John Hart has not seen another living soul but her husband since the convicts and left 20 convicts. years ago. Yeah, right. And she's like, oh God. And I'm just like, Marie, that's really nice that you support them. But like their thing. I know. Their thing is just taking back like the smallest sliver of land. Yeah. And I, but you know what though? It could have gone the other way. She could have literally been the me and been like, get off my lawn. She could have walked out with a, sh- with a shotgun <laughs> right. saying like, oh my God, this is my island. I'm Mrs. John Hart and this is my island. She's first in line for the condos at Alcatraz. And she's like, first in line. No, 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 no. Here's what my rent controlled situation is going to be. I've earned it. You haven't met. We don't meet John for a reason. No, I don't I, I don't know right. if it's just because he's not good on camera or Marie told him what's what, but we don't meet John. She has her own standing cabana at the pool deck at oh. the condos at Alcatraz. Every day. And they know her order. Totally. The usual. Don't overcook those eggs. Okay. <laughs> what the indigenous people who are out there are saying. Their demands are that the, this island needs to be returned to them, the natives, and they need to be given federal money to create a cultural center. What a fucking great idea. And they also want a university. Yes. Like, and they like they want money from the government for that. That makes sense to me. Yeah, because the government, like, that's what the government does. Like, they fund schools and universities. Right. Like, that's who doesn't what happens. want that? And why is there a better use for that land? I don't. I don't understand to this day. Yeah, like, who's the developer? I right. want to know what the developer's <laughs> plans were. It was for sure the condos at Alcatraz, but I'd yeah. like to see it. I want to totally. hear it from their face. Yeah. Um, so then it's so we learn about the GSA, which is the General Services Administration, and they're in charge of that land. It's the government faction yeah. that's in charge of the land, and they quote quickly went out to assess the situation. Oh, I'm sure. And in fairness, they're kind of like we don't want to be assholes. Like these people are really nice. We hope that we can come to some sort of like amicable solution. The Interior Representative would convey the messages that the Indian people had given to Washington and a reaction, and hopefully that they would have a decision by tomorrow, and hopefully they'll leave the island by that time because he's a pretty reasonable. People. People and when they have their story told and get reaction, I think that they might uh, respond. Yeah, instead of like, oh, no, absolutely, we'll help you with that. Yeah. They want to come to an amicable solution because they're not going to give them anything they want. Right. Well, what we start to find out, though, is that public opinion is like squarely on the side of the indigenous people taking over Alcatraz. Everyone is really into it. Yeah, everyone's like, if they want it, they should have it. Like, what's yeah. the problem? This one guy really takes a chance to like educate the reporter and the American people, which I appreciate because yeah, he's totally. like, well, it seems to me it's a it's a good place for an Indian tribe. The Indians have a, a long history of taking very good care of the land when when they owned and controlled the United States. You know, there were plenty of uh, fish in the rivers and birds in the sky. They did it right, so why not give them a little bit of it back? Even garbage Nixon orders that they be left alone while the negotiations continue. I was like, this is weird. He's doing a not garbagey thing. I know, and people are just able to access Alcatraz. Like, donations are just piling up. People are, like, just taking their fishing boats and bringing them out food. You guys, a hot air balloon flies over Alcatraz and drops tortillas. The 60s in San Francisco really was a wild time. (laughs) Dropping tortillas from a hot air balloon? That's a dream. (laughs) Hey, Jim, let's fire up the hot air balloon. Those indigenous need our tortillas. Like, tortillas, because you can't throw down the shredded cheese. It'll go everywhere. The tortillas. (laughs) And like, from a hot air balloon. From a hot air balloon. Hey, Jim. Um, lawyers and doctors are showing up now yeah. to offer their help because the lawyers are like, this might be a thing. Well, and this one civil rights attorney is like, what I'm there for is to discuss any legal problems connected with a possible arrest. Those are the only legal problems I know about now. And uh, there's no telling when there might be arrests. And as long as there's a possibility of arrest soon, then I've got to be there. He's Aubrey Grossman. He's super famous. Who is he? He, rep- he fought for Willie McGee. Do you know that Willie McGee story? Uh, that name's... Maybe I'm thinking of... Give it a gook. M- McGee Hickey is who I'm It's not of. McGee. It has nothing to do with McGee Hickey. Uh, Goog Willie McGee, everybody. And then the reporter says to him... How would you characterize the government's handling of this entire affair to date? Stupid. 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 <laughs> and he doesn't just say, like, it's stupid. Yeah. I think they're stupid. Yeah. Just, yeah. like, in a word, stupid. Yeah. Yeah, and it is stupid. And so this is where the, the group decides that Richard Oakes should be their spokesperson. And I was like, sorry, wasn't this Lineda's idea? Like, isn't she the one that actually got everybody out there? I know. And you they, know? Yeah. And she's like, okay, yeah, I mean, we did it together, but, like, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Lineda says there were a lot of families there, a lot of kids. Yeah. And Lineda's like, yeah, all our children out there... Which is why we had to make sure that the government knew that we were 
nonviolent because we didn't want them to have an excuse to come out and start killing us. And there are just a lot of moments where I feel like I'm hearing parallels to Waco. We'll get more into this later. But like that's one of them. Like she's like, we've got a lot of kids here and we don't want them just like storming the island and killing us because if we don't make that clear that we're nonviolent, that could happen. Yeah. So they start making steps to make things more official. Like they name themselves Indians of all tribes. And which is true because people from all over the country, indigenous and and not, are supporting them. So they really are Indians of all tribes. Okay, Thanksgiving rolls around. All right, here we go. We meet some nice guy from Cape Cod who's got a restaurant on the bay. Bob McKenzie, he means so well, yeah. but this did not, this dated very poorly. So he he's from Cape Cod. My parents and I have traditionally always gone to Plymouth uh, at Thanksgiving time. This year I'm here in San Francisco and I it just occurred to me, those people over there, as I was looking at Alcatraz the other day, probably don't have a Thanksgiving dinner. And I thought of the traditional Thanksgiving dinner, the original, when looking at them, and I thought that would be a nice gesture if we could bring them over something. What I wanted to do is like, you know, you know, the Thanksgiving they had a Plymouth, that really happy, lovely time with the cranberry sauce and uh-huh. everything. So, you know, I'm going to bring them that. Bob, you mean super well. I know that. <laughs> if this was not taught in schools. I totally yes, right. understand. And the didn't exist for poor Bob. But like, it's called the National Day of Mourning. Like Thanksgiving, like 700 people were massacred. Yeah. Thanksgiving sucks. Like yeah. it's not what we were taught. And I love Peanuts and I love Snoopy, but it's like <laughs> not what Snoopy shows happened. Yeah, it yeah. was a really horrible time. It's called- you have to say for yourself, Macy's. It's called a day of mourning, and it's really so. Bob in at nineteen sixty, he was on the right side of history. He yes. means well, but it was just like oof, Maron. I feel like when he showed up with the traditional Thanksgiving feast, the, as they were very nicely accepting the turkey, they were whispering to each other, "Is this fucking guy serious? Are you, is, it, is this cranberry sauce? <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's is what? He... It's from a can too." <laughs> Is Lineda? that stuff? Lenita, get him. Just just take it. Just take but it and smile. They're so nice. They invite the entire restaurant to share Thanksgiving with them. Right. Like they end up hosting everyone for yeah. Thanksgiving because they're not assholes. <laughs> they like put everything aside. Totally. And so like days and weeks are going by and the government's going to keep giving them water. Like yeah. they're going to have this water tank still available. It's like the least they can do. Well, and also people keep showing up. Like indigenous people from all over the country are showing up at that fisherman's wharf trying to get on boats to get out to fucking Alcatraz. Yeah. They want to be with their people. But this water source, like, they set up a permanent water source, and the, uh-huh. the natives are like, this is a major accomplishment. Yeah. They know we're not going anywhere. Like, they see this as a big step forward. And there are now close to 1,000 people on the island. It's unbelievable. It's, they started with 78, yeah. and now 1,000 people from all over the country? Like, that's fucking rad. Wait, so now it's 1970, you guys, and we got a lady playing the ukulele. <laughs> I thought it was the caretaker's wife. I've been schooled. I thought it was, too. <laughs> Her name is Malvina Reynolds. So she's like, Alcatraz. We don't need that plastic jazz. Give us the island the way it was when the Indians had their day. She sings that song, Little Boxes, the, the opening of Weeds. Little boxes on the hillside. Little boxes made of ticky-tacky little boxes. That's her? She's like a famous folk singer, yeah. Oh, my God. But at first glance, she looks exactly like the caretaker's wife. She really Because does. you could see Marie coming out. Hey, <laughs> fellas, this is what I used to do for the boys when Al Capone was here. Like, I just, I imagine the caretaker's wife, like, for all those years between the, the prison closing and the indigenous people showing up, just walking out playing her, her guitar for the waves. You can hear her at night, I'm sure. Like, there's Marie, little boxes made of ticky-tacky. But she wasn't the only celebrity, everybody. No. Jane Fonda was there because of course. Yeah, so it's like, it's Jane Fonda, Marlon Brando, Anthony Quinn, Buffy St. Marie, who I love. She does that song, Up Where We Belong. And she does, yeah, There's she does a song called Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee. Yes, which she's is, actually yeah. indigenous. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's so beautiful. I love her. And Credence Clearwater Revival. Oh, yeah. Of course Someone they were explain there. explain that name to me. I, revival? I don't get it. I know. They did Fortunate Son. They were super yeah. into protests. <laughs> it makes sense. It's I like Jane like, Fonda and Credence, like, of course yeah, they were yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like my husband's dad like loves them or something. Okay. You know what the, I mean? They're a dad band yeah, for yeah, sure. For but they're sure. like a certain type of dad yeah, band. To, like the Doobie Brothers? Yeah. Steely yeah. Dan. <laughs> Steely Dan is like the totally. ultimate dad thing. <laughs> Steely. Well, my I mean, dad, imagine. My dad has better taste than that. He well, I was going to say, imagine when Daisy's talking about like what dad music is. She's like, you know, it's like the Indigo Girls yeah. and Brandy Carlisle, mm. Melissa Etheridge, right. and all of her friends are going to be like, what are you talking about? And like, about? Th- those old musicals from the 50s. Totally. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. The 1950s. Yeah, 
<laughs> what? So things are going really well. Yeah. And then we have like a real fucking tragedy. I know. So this just a few days after the new year, Richard Oaks, remember he's like the hot one who's like the, the spokesman for the group, even though it should be Lenada. Mm-hmm. His uh, daughter, 12-year-old daughter, fell from the, the top of the stairway in the guards' quarters and died. There was a lot of speculation about what happened and that infiltrators came in and did that just to uh, impact Richard. Lenata is saying, 40 years later, I found out what happened because there was some talk that there was like, maybe people infiltrated and they killed yeah. her to like throw him off and get rid of him. But like Lenata tells us somebody told, like one of the other kids told her all those years later that they would like spit over the railing and they and she leaned too far over and fell to her death. They were kids being kids. They were bored. They were doing, uh, you know, it was just a tragic accident. But, you know, Richard is devastated no matter what. Yeah. You know, no matter what happened, whether it was an infiltration or it was an yeah. accident. Like he, you know, back in the day, he just, he steps down as leader and spokesperson and he leaves the island and so people were scared yeah. that something else was going to happen because now it doesn't take much for that you know the government's being a dick to you anyway totally. then this like this little girl mysteriously dies so now people are, are on super high alert and it doesn't help that Marie the caretaker's wife she bails I know she's like well John John has been under <laughs> a doctor's care and it's best that we leave but we're leaving everyone in good spirits but uh, we're leaving the Indians uh, uh, in a very good spirit and uh, I feel like I'm very fortunate to have had the opportunity to uh, live with them this long and learn their ways and they're wonderful people. You know, she's, I think she's just had it. But, like, yeah. she, she says all the right things. She, again, could have said the wrong things. She's just so chipper about <laughs> these people trying to take land that's rightfully theirs that she's also living on. Yes. And, but now, make way. Uh-huh. Remember, Richard Oaks is gone. The group needs a new leader. So we've got Lynetta Warjack, who's been with us this whole time, and this other woman, Stella Leach. And oh, my God. How long are you going to stay? We're going to stay on that island forever. Is there any movement that lends itself to optimism? No. If they don't give it to us, they'll take us off. We gave them our ultimatum in November. It still exists. They'll take our bodies off because we are not leaving Alcatraz. She is not here for anyone's shit, Stella. Because remember how Richard was, like, charming and persuasive and knew how to talk to the press and had, like, sound bites. Not Stella. Stella was stern as fuck. (laughs) Stella was a nurse, we're going to find out. And, like, like a lot of nurses, she's here to, like, take care of people, but she's not here for your shit. Like, she's talking to a reporter, and she's like, we're staying forever. What was your question? She literally, she's like, we gave the government our ultimatum in November. Nothing has changed. Yeah, it still exists. I don't know what to tell you. They can come and get us and take us out in body bags if they want And she's, like, she's so fucking fucking over it. She's I letting know. everyone know I love her. And, I love her and, too. And Lenata's like, I liked her. Yeah. I like, I really liked the vibe. I was buying what she was selling. But Lenata says just plainly, like there were opposing forces who didn't really like that a woman was in charge. Stella is like a grumpy old nurse who's setting up like a like a like a mini hospital, like a triage facility yeah. on the island. Like they need that. Like everyone shut up. And we're using grumpy as a compliment here. Totally. She's earned it. She has fucking totally. earned it. I love her and her yeah. grumpiness. Totally. If that's what we need to call it then fine but I want to awesome. know that it was some disagreement between Stella and the, the caretaker's wife that made the caretaker's wife you, you know what I think I think my time is done here like, like why is John under a doctor's care did he trip suddenly has she been slowly poisoning him I over the decades know. I could see Stella like knowing how to trip someone so they get just hurt enough that they have to go home but it's not life-threatening <laughs> So, I mean, Lenata and Stella were in charge for five seconds before this guy, John Trudell, comes over and, like, wants to be the new Richard Oaks. And it's weird because he's, like, not charismatic. Like, I don't think we think he's, like, a bad guy, but he's just, like, he's a little bit more aggressive. And, like, the tone shifts a little bit with But, him. like, Stella was aggressive, but this guy's a dude, so he gets to be the leader. I mean, he's aggressive, not in a good way. Like, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I think that his aggression is a little bit, it's sort of like, hey, remember how America loves us and they keep sending us water and toilet paper? <laughs> right. I feel like this guy's here to, like, kind of fuck that up. And, and and Lenita says, like, John Trudell came maybe a couple of days after we were on the island. It was right at the beginning, I know, but he wasn't involved in the Bay Area, so he didn't know how we were organized or set up. He didn't know people, but he uh, 
did become a member of our council. But he wasn't from the Bay and he didn't really know anyone or how this all worked. And I guess and I'm like, well, I guess he didn't learn from being on the island. No one learned. Right. And he just doesn't have like history with these people. Like he feels kind of like an interloper, like some guy who just like showed up and he's like, I'm going to be in charge now. Right. So they're talking to the government and they they finally submit a proposal about the cultural center and the university they want. And so they want two hundred thousand dollars for one year just to do an environmental impact statement. Right. Just to see like. An envi- you guys watch Parks and Rec. That's right. what it, you know what an environmental impact statement is. So the reporter, and we're back with Stella and oh the reporter, God. right? She's so good. And the reporter's like, so do you feel that the government is just playing a waiting game with you? Think the government is playing a waiting game with you? Of course they're playing a waiting game, but we've been waiting 150 years, so what's a few more days? Of course they are, but we've been waiting 150 years. It's a few more days, you dummy. Get out of my face. Get this guy out of my face. So Stella's right, because they are keeping them waiting, right? So like they submitted this proposal. Days turn into weeks. And of course, the government denies them. And their idea, their their reasoning is like, nothing can exist on that island. And I'm like, well, that's super weird, because eventually you turn into a tourist attraction, but we'll get there later. And also, people lived there for 40 years. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you but, can- yeah, but prisoners, Patrick, right. but prisoners. And, and, and like, the innkeeper and his wife. Right, but it's like the innkeeper. <laughs> See, he's now the innkeeper to me. <laughs> he's Ternardier. He's master of the house. Master of the house. <laughs> Sorry, that was a theater talk. Sorry, everybody. We'll get back to but the But the thing is, now. the government is saying that they want to, like, they're like, not here, but we want to help you do this somewhere else. And John Trudell is like, no, we're not leaving. Like, that's they're just trying to buy us off. Like, once we leave here, they're, they're not going to honor that. And you know what? They have every reason to believe that the government won't. So it's now April 1970. It's been six months. And they're really turning this, like, into an actual reservation. There are teepees. They're yeah. repairing abandoned trucks. Like, even Lynette's like, if the truck didn't work, we fixed it. Yeah. You dummies. Like, what do you, like, what do you white people do? There's chickens running around. It really feels like a neighborhood. Like, they have they a fucking, medical center. Yeah, they've lived there for six months. Like, aren't they officially squatters, right? It's like, don't they own the place now anyway? Right. So the government comes back. They have this proposal about the cultural center and the university. The government comes back and they say, hard pass on all of that. Off the island, negotiations with the federal government continued with an offer to turn Alcatraz into a Native American themed park. Why don't we turn this island into a Native American theme park and totally just like appropriate you and like it's exploit that, you? And like when you see the model that they had made of what the, of what Alcatraz would look like with their cultural center and university, it was beautiful. Right. Well, it, it doesn't make any sense to me why the answer wasn't like, okay, let's just do that. And the thing is it's more work for the government. Yeah. Just, just like let them have it and then you don't have to worry about it anymore, government. And it really doesn't make any economic sense to me as to why they wouldn't like why it does, it, yeah it's just so rude a theme park i know a native know. american theme park i know is that what you just said to them you said that to stella stella couldn't have been there because no. that conversation <laughs> oh my god park. yeah like this isn't the kind of negotiation that the indians of all tribes are talking about right. it's not what they're like the government just doesn't get it and now they're trying to start drama because now they're saying there's rumors of power struggles and people don't know who's in charge and stella shuts it down oh my god stella <laughs> our whole council the way it's set up uh, the spokes even the council do not have the right to to speak unless the membership gives them this right. And this is pure democracy, and this is what the people outside do not seem to understand, is that here we practice the purest form of democracy. It is the the people that have the final say-so. And she's like, you just don't understand. No one's listening to us. Like, that's not really how we work. Yeah. We don't work that way. Right. And if you listen to us, you'd understand that. So the government cannot believe that these people did not accept their offer for a Native American <laughs> I, theme park. I, I, so they, so the government. Native American world. Like, Native American, like, that's what they're calling it, Native yeah. American theme park. It's yeah. disgusting. So the government's like, fine. So the government announces to the world, they don't talk to the Indians of all tribes. They just say to the world, we are going to now include Alcatraz in a new national park out of spite. To which I said, the, the indigenous people reject this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Jerry Jensen, a reporter in Stereotype, is like, The rock itself, they say, will have particular emphasis to the contribution of the American Indians, but still left completely unexplained is what on earth that means. But still completely unexplained on what on earth that means. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm starting to like you, Jerry. I, see, I hear you. I see you. But they're just saying, like, if the government wants them off, they're going to have to come and remove them by force. And the government government's like, okay. So remember that like 70,000 gallon water tank? Yeah. Now the government just stopped, like like cuts off their water supply. Which is so, it's like government, haven't you seen what happens when you do this? They're right. down to 4,000 gallons of water. They use 1,000 gallons a day. And they're like, and the government's not bringing any more. So then the boats just start again. They cut to an image of San Francisco Bay. It is full of boats. Like yeah. you, it's like a boat traffic jam trying to bring the indigenous people water. Yeah. And like the, a reporter interviews some guy and he's like, so, so you're saying that you just take their empty water bottles yeah. and, and give them full 
skull ones and the guy's like yeah yeah get out of my way excuse me i'm trying to like i'm trying to yeah he goes i've been i've done this like three times today excuse me and they're also bringing portable generators like because the government had cut off the power every everybody (laughs) wants this to work why can't it just work and it's yeah i just don't know why there's not a single person in any room in the white house or anywhere else being like is anyone like tired of this like this is so much wasted time and energy just like they it was theirs anyway so the indians of all tribes now unveil a declaration of the return of indian land and they're like demand it's a demand but also a true declaration of their independence on the island of alcatraz and it's great except the next day a huge fucking fire breaks out a fire erupted in the middle of the night destroying the warden's house and damaging the lighthouse our guys were out there trying to put it out they used up whatever water they could and the lighthouse is kind of a big deal because the lighthouse is still functional. Yes. And it's very important to like the passing ships of San, of San Francisco Bay. And it hasn't been being used properly for a while, which is a problem. Right. And so Lynetta's like, the cause of the fire technically is unknown. Yeah. Lynetta has her thoughts about <laughs> yeah. what happened because yeah. it's like, okay, so now there's no water, no power. The right. gov- We just said that the government would have to force us out. And yeah. now, like, it's just an interesting turn of events. And then on top of that, the government people are going on TV saying, well, we know that that up until at least last week that the Indians themselves on the island were claiming that they had a large amount of automatic weapons that they had hidden away in one of the apartment buildings on there. And our people have seen handguns and rifles and shotguns, perhaps up to 35 of them, on the island. So this is what feels very Waco to me. Yeah, that like yeah. that all of a sudden they're gonna say there's weapons there and then they're gonna that's gonna be their justification for storming the island and basically killing everybody. And this is way before Waco, everybody. Yeah. So Lineda calls up she's like, let the women do the work. Lineda calls a press conference and she's like, You guys wanna see the weapons we have? Here's our one bow, we're out of arrows, <laughs> and here's our two guns, they're both plastic, and we're going to throw them in the ocean. Yeah, and she's like, You are not listening, and you're a liar. Like we're we have not- two guns and they're both plastic. We've got a bow with no arrows. What are you talking We've about? We've got 200 kids yeah. on this island. Like one of the, there was an already a tragic accident. Like, are you listening? Like we want a cultural center and a school. Yes. And you to get the hell out of our way. Like what else? Like they're not violent. No. And the other thing too is Lineda in these, in these old, like this old video footage is unreasonably beautiful. She's gorgeous. It's unbelievable. She, yeah. <laughs> like she's true. Like the yeah. footage is like, oh, that's like a truly beautiful person inside yeah. and out. Yeah. Like it's it, like radiating. It's totally. like out of her. It's just like, oh my God. But you know, this is Lenata going back to her. Like she has to be, keep saying we are nonviolent. We are nonviolent because the second that narrative gets dropped, then the government's going to come in and kill everybody. Right. Including right. the kids. And you know, like, and you have to remember in 1970, it wasn't, you know, no Twitter, which I know is like so, so stupid sounding to say, yeah. but no 24 hour news cycle. Like right. if you miss the six o'clock news, yeah. you would think that they're still violent according to the government. You totally. know what I mean? So like yeah. she has to keep talking about it. Yeah. And like, this is where we learn that John Trudell, the, like the quote leader that just had the baby, he's been secretly negotiating with the government. He was the one that was like, we're never leaving. They'll have to take us out of here in body bags. We're, we're never going anywhere. He's secretly negotiating with the government. Lineda says she didn't even know that until 30 years later. Like, who told her? I know. What was her reaction? 30, wait, he, he what? I know. And the thing is, too, like, as we were saying, people are leaving. Like, people are kind of getting fed up. The population of the Alcatraz settlement is dwindling. And so they've got to figure something out. So Lineda... Makes a phone call. Yeah, she calls Ethel Kennedy. You who guys. was very supportive. <laughs> Ethel Kennedy. And Ethel's like, hey, girl, hold on a second. Let me connect you to my lawyer. Right. Edward Bennett Williams. Edward Bennett Williams represented Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Hugh Hefner. Wow. Joseph McCarthy, Ooh. Sun Yun Moon, and the Washington Post. Real big, <laughs> real, uh, real varied roster here. Yeah. And so he's like, all right, I'll represent you pro bono, of course. Right. And what Ethel what Ethel Kennedy says to Lenata Warjack, holy shit, what a sentence. <laughs> She's like, We probably may not win legally, but in the eyes of the American people, we can educate them and win in their eyes as well. Yeah, and so Lineda like gets all, gets all of her people together, and they're getting ready to go back to the island. And then before she can, June eleventh, nineteen seventy one, armed federal marshals, FBI agents, and special forces police swarm the island. Remember, like this is before Lineda went back, so there's not that many people there, and they do forcibly remove five women, four children, and six unarmed men. Unarmed, just yeah. want really to hit that home. Yeah, unarmed. And Lineda is like, we were gonna go the next day. So, so they knew. Yeah, they knew. 
They, the government knew that this was going to happen. And then it's like 19 months, 19 months of fighting, and it's just over. Yeah. It's over. These people were doing just fine. They had a medical center. They were going to make it. Just let them have it. And it's all right. Like, that's the thing. If like, they're going to fail, let them fail. Like, just right. let them yes. do it. Yes. Oh! Yeah, I know. I know. Like, I was like, levitating out of my seat when I made the realization of, like, why do we care? Well, like, just mind your business. <laughs> for fuck's sake. I know. I know. Um, And so, you know, Alcatraz does open as part of the national park system in 1973. And again, two years later, right? So they were just like, this is a barren island. It's just going to sink into the ocean. It's not worth anything. (laughs) But then it's like, let's get all the fucking dumb tourists. And I was one of them 15 years ago. Yeah, and they say it's one of the most popular tourist destinations in the San Francisco Bay. And they say that the occupation is a rich part of the history on display. Mm. And like, I do remember signs. I do remember seeing some of the signs that they made. Made. And they painted on on and they painted the, like walls. the water tank and you and, right and you you do see that stuff but like the audio tour that I did was all about the prison it was there, was, there wasn't a single thing about the, about what the land was originally or anything and like I that. was there like not that long I was probably there ten years ago you know what I mean it's not like I was there like in the nineties and they decided to update it or something like it, no the stuff is there but I don't I don't think it's a rich part of the history on display no it's not and it's there they wrote like on the entrance to Alcatraz it says Indians welcome Indian land. Yeah. So it's there. And like, I think they have been painting over it to make it look new Uh because it would have been faded Uh after uh all these years. So like, that's their, thanks government. Fresh coat of paint every 10 years. (laughs) God damn it. Oh my God, you guys, we did escape to Alcatraz. Right. What a fascinating, I, I texted you five minutes in, I was like, I hate this documentary. And then I texted you five more minutes and I was like, oh no, I actually love this documentary. It's amazing. Yeah. There are also a lot of resources, like there's a text, I don't have the number on me, but there's something that you can text where it's like, what land am I on? And if we texted it right now, it would say like originally right where we are in our studio, like what the, like who owns oh, this wow. land. It's kind of, a, there are tons of resources online to see like where we are, like yeah. whose land we, we're sitting on right now. It's oh pretty fascinating. Um, You guys, if you want more GP and me, join us on the Patreon every month. You get four full ad-free bonus episodes. That's a lot! Yeah, plus ad-free versions of the regular apps, yeah. plus some after parties, plus like surprises. You yeah. never know what it's going to be. We barely know what I it's going to be half the time. I know. It's a party it's over there, you guys. Party. Um, Girl, what are we doing next? We are doing two episodes of a show called Very Scary People, hosted by one Donnie Wahlberg, <laughs> yeah. about the Zodiac. So it's like Donnie Wahlberg is going to explain yes. the Zodiac to me. It's a two-parter. In two episodes, you Two whole apps, Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> you know, there's a place in LA called Wahlburgers, which is like a burger joint. And I keep meaning to look up if like Donnie Wahlberg is. It is. There. It's the whole Wahlberg. They used to have a reality show about it. Do they work there? I think. I think maybe when they were just starting out, it was like maybe you'll see Mark or maybe you'll see Donnie or whatever. Um. All right, you guys, stay tuned for the trailer for that if we can find one. And then our hilarious and hilarious outtakes. Hilarious. Double. Oh god. Double the pre- hilarious. The pressure's this week. on after the fact. After we recorded. What am I supposed to do with that? We love you guys. We love you. Bye. Bye. This is the Zodiac speaking. To kill something gives me the most thrilling experience. I like killing people because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all. Welcome to Very Scary People. I'm Donnie Wahlberg. At the end of the 1960s, a series of murders in Northern California in different towns using different weapons would turn out to be the work of one man. But police didn't connect the crimes until the killer did it for them. Not satisfied with just getting away with murder, he bragged to newspaper reporters and taunted investigators. What would inspire someone to conjure up such a twisted plot? Stalking innocent people and killing them for sport. His reign of terror would go on for years and he would live in infamy naming himself the Zodiac. get this reminder about what 1969 was like. Like, we're new here. I know. 1969 was Stonewall and the moon landing. Neither of them mentioned in this documentary. Right, because it really wasn't about that. Not about those things. I don't know how this happened, but I got a sponsored ad for a shirt that said, I heart, and then a picture of a shark. And I was like, I'd buy that shirt. (laughs) You know, we didn't even have this much action when the convicts were here. This is a real hoot. 
how do you land a hot air balloon? There's the ropes. I don't know what the ropes do. I've never, I mean, I'm so desperately afraid of I can't believe your answer wasn't, I don't know. You just started like, no, the ropes. <laughs> That's the other thing. You're going to be up in the air in a fucking wicker basket and all that you have with you is like the fire that's keeping you flying. And no. the tortillas. This all sounds like a bad idea. Over the freezing, choppy, don't. shark infested waters. <laughs> you know what? Worth it. Yeah. Just- <laughs> Great tortillas. It reminds me of that Erin Brockovich moment where she's like, these people do not dream about being rich. They dream about a world where they can drink the water without fear of their children's eye. You know, like. Yeah, it's, it's that. Yeah. It's that. Exactly that. Also, they're called boobs at. <laughs> also, all the non-white people are like, is he seriously quoting Erin Brockovich and Erin Brockovich and comparing it? I stand by it. <laughs> they're called boobs at. They're called boobs at. <laughs> I wrote, I would totally have been no fun in the 60s. Oh, I don't want any of that. Har- you would have no. hated every album. Every yes, ra- You yes. would have hated all the music. <laughs> You would have been no fun I at all. I would have been the one screaming, get a job at the hippies. Your favorite thing, though, is that no one wore shoes. I, <laughs> and you'd be like, oh, well, that I can get behind. Yeah. But get well, off my lawn. And all the boys had the hair that I liked. I liked that really long, stringy yeah. hippie hair. And they were all shirtless. But stop, that and skinny. And you're, and you're always Googling shirtless photos of I know. blank. You yeah, know yeah. you don't have to Google Ryan Phillippe shirtless. Right. Ryan Reynolds shirtless. Mm-hmm. Will Swenson shirtless. Mm-hmm. That's a Broadway reference, you guys. Look it up. It's good. Look it up. <laughs> 